This episode of Sex with Stevie is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off all items on manscaped.com by using our promo code TAGS, T-A-G-S. Go to manscaped.com, promo code TAGS, T-A-G-S. Hello, hello, is this Zoe? Yes, it is. Is this Steve? This is. How do I say? Is, is it Zoe uh, Ligon? It's Ligon. Ligon. It rhymes with friggin'. <laughs> friggin' Ligon. Ligon, I love it. There you go. I know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Welcome to Sex with Stevie. I'm very excited to have you on the show today. Oh, it's an honor. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing really good. And, you know, first things off, I, let me just introduce you. I have um, a little thing I want to read here. You have a brand new book called Carnal Knowledge coming out in September, correct? Yes, indeed. Holding <clears throat> it in my hands right now. Okay, great. Well, let me just read a little bit here. <laughs> Zoe... Um, Ligon is a Detroit-based, yeah. yeah, you're a Detroit-based sex educator, journalist, and artist who is also the proprietor of Progressive Online Sex Toy Emporium, which I want to talk about, Spectrum Boutique. Oh. Um, uh-huh. you have made your life's work, um, to blast away the stigmas and misinformation that prevent us from having the amazing sex we all deserve. Um, welcome to Sex with Stevie, and congratulations on your brand new book, Carnal Knowledge, coming out in September, correct? Yes, it's truly unreal. I never would have thought I would have had my own book. I am one of those people who started writing about sex on Tumblr in like 2014, you know, and it just grew into articles, into a book that my dear friend Elizabeth Renstrom illustrated. Um, with very fun pictures, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite, and I know we want to talk a little bit about butt stuff tonight, but one of my favorite pages is called The Butt is a Poop Shoot, and it's got an illustration of, like, a tiny turd, uh, standing in a doorway. <laughs> I saw it, I was going through the whole book, I really love <laughs> Your, I love the how you comprise the book of your writing, the education, and then obviously the great illustrations and the, the humor that you, because sex and sexuality is really funny. Um, real quick though, I think I was really excited to have you on the show and it was funny because in talking to your press rep earlier, uh-huh. um, one of the things that they mentioned was, well, you know that Zoe is straight, heterosexual, and I <laughs> just wanted you to know that. And I really appreciated that. One of the things that <laughs> I was really excited to have you on the show is I think it's time, and I couldn't think of a better time in our current history, to, to bridge these gaps that we seem to have between different groupings. And even within our own, right. even within our own acronym, LGBTQ+, mm. there's often so much division within that and so I want to really kind of bridge that gap a a lot about it and one of the reasons I thought you know I loved what I read about you I loved reading your book and the whole thing is about sex positivity I guess my first question to you is when did you Zoe become Mm -hmm. sex positive oh that's such a great question I think it just depends on what sex positivity means to you. And for me, it has really changed throughout the years. And especially today, we see 
sex positivity everywhere. There's all these sex positive Instagram accounts and it's this more vague term than ever. But I guess for me, it really just means being pleasure positive. And by that definition, I didn't start being keen on my own pleasure until I was 19. But I started having sex when I was 14 (laughs) in a very performative way for other people, which I think we can all relate to because we all have this expectation of what it looks like. And the reason I have a sex toy store is because I would not be an orgasmic person without sex toys. I did not know how to masturbate or like I just didn't want my own hands touching my body. For some reason, I just had a huge block there. And growing up, I didn't have any privacy to explore my own body. And it wasn't until I got, you know, literally the magic wand, one of the more intense vibrators on the market. And it was literally like I had a physical awakening from that. And to this day, I talk to people of all ages, all walks of life, with all these preconceived notions of what sex toys, you know, do or don't say about your relationship or like who they're for, who can use them and what it says about you. But at the end of the day, I mean, sex toys are tools that we use just like any other thing in life. We eat with forks and knives and, you know, we use power drills and don't feel emasculated or ashamed by that. So why would sex toys be any different? But, you know, it's still uh, an issue. There's still a lot of myths around sex toys, and they were an integral part of me becoming sex positive. But that's a great question. I'm not sure I'd ever thought about it in terms of time before. Well, and, you know, in hearing your response to that, I couldn't help but thinking the similarities that so many, I'll just use myself, but a lot of gay men that I talk to, the similarities between women and gay men because Mm. what I know having a sister and just knowing you know being very female positive is that you know being sexual for so many years for so long I mean I know you mentioned a few minutes ago that there are so many nowadays Instagram accounts on sex positivity (laughs) but for so long women if you even showed that you were sex positive it could mean the other S word and you could be labeled gay men. Right. We don't have a, we, in so much of my conversations with guests on my show and my co-hosts, we haven't mm. had a lot of positive, you know, the little bit of sex education that I got was hetero based and it was all yeah. based on Catholicism. And mm. so I can't help but see a little bit of the similarities that women and gay men kind of share a little bit. Do you see that at all? Absolutely. I think that it's not having representation of your pleasure. And because so many of us learned about love and sexuality from pornographic and non-pornographic movies, you know, romantic comedies and stuff, we're told, like, this is how date the flow of dating goes. And I think it's so funny. I mean, people want to point to porn and blame porn for so many things. And I think Hollywood movies have just as much um, it contributes to our lack of awareness of how the wide the world of sexuality can be and uh, it's it's really so narrow and even having 
done this for the last seven years of my life. That's really the only career I've ever had. I still find myself hitting walls and being like, whoa, like I need to examine this. And, uh, you know, even as a sex educator, I still am learning. And part of that is like, I like to approach it like peer education. You know, I, you know, (laughs) I, I don't have any formal, formal training. And a lot of that is just talking to people and life experience. And I wish people could hear all the questions that other people ask because, there's no question I haven't heard just once. Uh, so I think you're completely right in thinking that we are not taught to put our pleasure first or to advocate for our pleasure because we just don't see healthy examples of that in our world. And it's this very implicit messaging we get that we really have to unlearn. And it's so important in our sexuality. It just you know, contributes so much to the, our general health. Um, one of the things that I love about your book and going to it, and I wanted to go through a couple of chapters if you'll... Uh, Ooh, yeah, yes. exactly. And of course I went to page 34 called The Prostate. Oh, I'm on it now. <laughs> okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the artwork is awesome and you've got you know a glove on um, with an actual... Um, what's the nut? The walnut, which... Walnut, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, I was kind of curious because you write, much like the G-spot, the prostate is an internal erogenous zone that responds to firm, repetitive strokes, not pokes. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) If you have a penis, yes, not pokes. If you have a penis, the prostate is two to three inches inside the body and on the belly side. And you go on, and one of the things... I couldn't help, I was talking about this even, you know, in my late 40s here, I was talking about a recent uh, person that I had hooked up with, that I, we had been an ongoing sexual relationship, and it was always the same way that he would fuck me, it was um, missionary position, and... (laughs) I, it's pretty fun sometimes. It can be a lot of fun. I think the way <laughs> I was describing it, he was so on top of me that I couldn't really mm. ever pleasure myself and grab my oh, got it. penis. And But w- the times I've had a lot of pleasure was when I've been able to sit on it and write it. And mm-hmm. is that similar? Is the G-spot and the prostate similar in that orgasm? Yeah. In your experience happen the same way or in the same strength I think it depends on what you're going for because like if you want to get pounded (laughs) and you know like being on bottom that's great pretty great but sometimes you do have the additional control of what your pelvis is doing when you don't have someone's entire body weight you know on top of you and I definitely think that that is a similarity what I was trying to go for here is like there's definitely different physical structures. Um, you know, they serve different purposes, but they also have a lot in common. That's a whole other story. Yeah. But they, yeah, it's that repetitive motion, unlike, you know, the head of a penis or a, like the external portion of a clit, where it's immediately like, oh, yeah, that's mm, tingly. And I think so many people want to give up on prostate stimulation because they aren't dedicating themselves to the rhythm of it. It takes a little bit more nuance and patience. Um, 
and you know, again, it's just like the representation. It's it's porn, internal. Porn, you can't right? see like, everything. Yeah. Well, and you talk a lot about porn too. And when you see, like you talked about, and yes, we all have fantasies of getting pounded and all of that. But <laughs> there is that's a scene that we watch that's hot and can get us off at times and is totally awesome. But yeah. And you can, I would argue, build up to having an amazing orgasm when you're being pounded. But there, <laughs> just, but the ass also has, you know, feelings that have to kind of be worked on to get there. I don't know. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And everyone's body is different. Some people's genitals are laid out in a way where certain positions hit external areas that feel good and that's not true for everybody else some people can get a lot of clitoral stimulation from missionary and you know reach reach their dick etc it's just about finding those positions that work for you and i i think so much of it is just about the communication and like hey like my arm's going numb let's switch positions uh and also the depth of stroke i don't I don't even think I covered that because it, it's, it's hard to convey in words, but I think the depth of strokes are another thing that, like you were saying from porn, it's like people want to go all the way in and all the way out because that's what looks good on a camera, right? Yep. Sometimes that feels good. Like we love feeling like the popping feeling of something entering and exiting the hole, you know? But yeah. <laughs> it's also like the it's two to three inches inside. That's, you know probably not going to be a full stroke for you and shallow strokes all the time especially when it comes to dick size i'm like well i mean prostate and g-spot are pretty shallow you're definitely going to be able to hit it and a lot of people actually have to you know do shallower strokes very intentionally in order to achieve that and i think it's much easier to think about it not from like a gender standpoint or a sexual orientation but like who is the giver and who is the receiver? Because regardless of, of who they are, it's like if you're the giver, you have to like be doing that mental math of like, okay, like, oh, there it is. Okay, all right. I wonder what that would feel like if that were me. Let me yeah. put, put myself in their shoes. And being a receiver is really vulnerable. Um, Thank you for in saying so that. Many ways. Thank you for saying that because we've been talking a lot mm. about that on the show on in so many ways from the preparation i know you talk about mm -hmm. that on on in your book many other ways of vulnerability of just your your the actual physicality of it too of just somebody actually yeah you can be extremely vulnerable i mean i also want to jump to page 48 where you talk about big toys can be fulfilling <laughs> which they can you tell that i love them <laughs> Me, you're talking to the choir here. Um, so Yay! do I, yes. I do too. And one of the things you say on the upper right is everybody's body has different preferences. It's important to understand our pleasures as well as know our limits. And I thought, <laughs> and when I was really reading that, it's really interesting because so many of my friends have always known that I'm a size queen in general. <laughs> and I think a lot of it is true. It's a lot of visual more than anything else. Like when I see a big penis, I'm really attracted right. to that. But the reality is I've got a couple different dildos in my room. One's huge, like the one you have on the right in the book that's yeah. um, like that. 
But honestly, it's the other one that looks like the smaller one that's really not that small. Um, Worldwide it, average. That actually I can have a lot more pleasure with. And then it made me think mm -hmm. of the time I got together with somebody I got together on an app and they were an amazing top and they actually said, oh, you're probably not going to like me because I'm really not that big. And turns out it was oh. excellent sex and it didn't really matter because they knew what they were doing. Can you just talk about Fuck that yeah. on how our, our mentality of size, but then when it really comes down to it, it sometimes doesn't matter? Absolutely. I mean, besides just like the strokes and all of that, I, and this is such a stereotype, but there is that joke about just like, oh, if you have a big dick, you uh, are going to be really lazy because you think you can just uh, <laughs> let that do whatever. And, yeah. and like, aside from that, just not, I mean, there's a grain of truth to it. Yeah, sure. But it's like, <laughs> we all have mouths and, you know, hands and other tools and body parts we can utilize. And, I think that we put so much emphasis on our genitals and like not that they don't feel awesome, but it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, number one reason people lose a boner, like <laughs> pressure, yep. performance anxiety. And if we were to just remove the emphasis of like penetrative sex being the definition of sex, like, sure, it's a, a thing on the menu maybe, but then I don't think that we would be you know, tormenting ourselves over what our genitals look like and their size and shape. And for every person who is a size queen, there's someone who, you know, finds, you know, even a smaller sized dick to be uncomfortable during sex. There's a lot of people who really, for every, for, there's a hole for every insertable. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think that there's just a lot of assumptions about why someone likes size. Like for me, it's so much more about the sensation of stretching versus like dick worship, although I do love dick worship. But there's also so many dildos in my collection that there is no human dick that could come anywhere close to that. And like, that's what your fists are for. That is what silicone dildos are for. Yep. And I mean, if anyone's been to Mr. S, you know how many amazing, beautiful, big dildos there are in the world. They are really like, in I'm a San kid Francisco. in a candy store when I see them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, where are you based? I'm in Detroit, oh, Detroit. but I'm an ex-New Yorker. Got it, and that's where I'm based, but you said Mr. S, and that's San Francisco, correct? It is. Yeah, I'm from San Francisco, to... yeah, so. Ooh, <laughs> so yeah, I've you... only been there twice, but I, go, I have gone both times I've been there because I love it that much. <laughs> well, I can, before I, um, I want to go through a couple more topics real quick. One of your yeah. chapters um, you talk about in Carnal Knowledge, your brand new book coming out, uh, um, you talk about body image and perfectionism on page 92, and you are perfect, you say, just the way you are, are the way you are is human. And we've been talking yesterday on my live show, Tags Live, with my co-host Cody, we were talking a, a lot about vulnerability on body image, and again, I think there's some similarities between gay men and women with body image. And what you write in here is often it's not so much what 
other people are going to think about you. It really is the body image that is in your head that, that is the wall that we put up. Can you just talk a little bit about what you were meaning by that? Uh, say that last sentence again. That essentially body image is oftentimes only really mm. in our head that we think so much that people are going to be judging us on our body image, but in reality, people might think we look <laughs> great. It's really yes. the walls we create are really the ones we create in our head. And I think it's something mm -hmm, similar that mm -hmm. gay men and women share. Right. And I think it's also so funny that we think everyone is paying attention to us when we know everyone's yeah. just paying attention to themselves. Guilty, guilty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally okay. guilty. Uh, well, it's kind of like I heard someone once say, like, you know, if you're ever nervous to dance, like, in a public space, which we haven't been doing much of these no. days, it's like, who who goes around scrutinize? oh, well, the way they dance looked so silly. Oh, look at them. You know, we don't. I mean, and if you do do that, like, geez, like, you're not probably not having a very good time. Uh, that's not very nice. Right. And, uh, you know, there's so, it's so cheesy, but beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder. I, there have been so many people who I thought were so hot, and then they just said something that made me immediately be like, whoa, you are the ugliest person. And uh, aside from that, just truly being so relative, uh, you know, we all just come in all shapes and sizes. And I think that, so <laughs> I keep trying to not just be like, beauty comes from within. No, no, <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> it's a work. I think you're a works in progress that you just have oh. that, you know, it's like yoga. You're going to not want to be there. Your mind's going to go out of doing the, the, the actual yoga, but you got to breathe through it and get yourself back in the game. Right. Yeah, and so much of it is energetic in the way that you are carrying yourself through the world because I really think that that impacts people around you. And furthermore, we are, like, I really love <laughs> this certain type of male influencer. I mean, and certainly, you know, there's all types of influencers like this, but, like, the kind of an influencer who looks like a Ken doll and I'm just like, you look a little too perfect or based on a stereotype of beauty that it actually stops being beautiful. And, yeah. and again, everyone has their own taste. That is totally fine. But I do think that when you're really strictly adhering to the narrow set of beauty standards, I mean, look at how plastic surgery trends. Yeah. Everyone's got the same lips. Everyone's got the same nose. Everyone's slowly starting to have a, you know, Kardashian-esque type of look. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think we're beginning to move beyond that, but, and there's so much more that's fucked up about that, but. Again, I'm talking um, to Zoe Ligon <laughs> um, with her brand new book, Carnal Knowledge, coming out. Um, we had a question that on Facebook Live that maybe you can, John asked, and maybe you can answer it. Um, John says, how do you recommend trading off your versus, how do you recommend trading off versus your partner's pleasure? I always feel conflicted with asking for what I want versus pleasuring mm -hmm. him. Try to keep it equal, but it can be hard to navigate. All right, John, well, see if Zoe has an answer for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, definitely a question I know well. And 
it's asked quite often. I think that there's so many number of ways that you can bridge that gap. One is, oh, someone came first, cool. Then the other person gets to masturbate and the other person can snuggle you while you're doing that, whatever. (laughs) Um, I do think that it's like sometimes you're taking turns. Sometimes one of you is really sleepy or just like going through a a weird month, week, whatever. There are going to be times where someone's a little bit more active and orgasmic. And if it's a long pattern over time, like, geez, every single time we hook up, this is what's happening. I'm, you know, that's that's completely different than like, oh, the past few times, like, you know. And, and also, how does your partner respond when you bring it up? Are they getting defensive and shutting you down? Or are they just like, oh, totally, like, what do we need to do? Uh, or like, what do you need? Tell me. Um, I think so much about people's reactions really indicates whether there's some type of toxicity or power imbalance. But it's just completely natural. Another thing that we see in movies is simultaneous climax. And yes. that is just... Not a reality really? always, yeah. I mean, when it happens, it's like, I'm not, what, uh, what, <laughs> did I just see a shooting star in the sky? So. Exactly, right. Was there a full moon? Is it the month yeah. of July that, or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Well, thank you, John, for asking that. I really want to talk before I let you go about Spectrum Boutique, which is your online yeah. business of sex toys. And what, um, what is your, what, what defines a toy on Spectrum that makes it online for you to want to carry it? Aha, great question. Yeah, I'm, there are a lot of stores that will just carry every toy that a brand carries, and you know those are like the larger stores where more curated. And I don't pick up any toys that aren't body safe, meaning you know phthalate-free, no toxic jelly dongs, which I certainly, the first dildo I ever bought was. We've all been there. And uh, same thing for the lubes. I try to avoid, I don't try to avoid. There are no lubes with glycerin or parabens in them. Lots of vegan options, of course. Um, And I really am such a nerd about sex toys (laughs) and the reviews. And if I haven't tried it myself, someone I really trust has and uh i think that so much of buying sex toys online is about really reading your user experience so i try to provide as much information on every page um not just the product pages themselves but like okay you're in the cock ring section what's a cock ring let's like break it down on that page um because not everybody knows so it's education oriented curated mindfully body safe, truly something for every budget. And we also have a pretty cool journal section of the site that has articles written. Um, Honestly, I'm also always looking for pitches. If you are a writer and you want to pitch me, we're going to have to talk after. I'm going to email you afterwards. We can collaborate on that. Yes, please. That would be amazing. And, you know, it's just, you know, you don't have to buy a dildo to get the education and the beauty of supporting Spectrum Boutique is that it is funding the free education side of the site. And I only hope to just make that even more accessible because there's just not enough online resources. I actually refer a lot of people to Scarlatine, which is 
intended for teens, you know, but really good information for everybody. And I'm like, damn, like we live in a world where, you know, there's only a finite number of sites I can refer people to where I really trust the information there. And that's got to change. So trying to support more information. Zoe Ligon, I want to thank you so much. The book coming out is called Carnal Knowledge. People can go to your site, Spectrum Boutique. I'm going to list this, all of this on Tag's podcast. Uh, so you can find out all of this and listen to the show over again. Um, when does Carnal Knowledge come out? September 22nd, I believe, and that's less than a month from now. Ooh. Well, congratulations on that, and I know I have it in, as we're talking right now on Facebook Live, but <laughs> to follow you on Instagram is at Thongria, T-H-O-N-G-R-I-A. <laughs> Where did that yes, name come indeed. from? <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. I used to work for OkCupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And I and I had to delete usernames that were like scammers or you know people harassing other yeah. people. And one day there was a account that was called Thongria, and I had to get I had to delete it. But I was like, I love this name, so I adopted it. I never thought it would be like who I was known as, though. Like I was like not expecting to get followers or anything. So I was just like, haha, <laughs> this is my throwaway account. Oops. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Zoe. Yeah. But I also love songs and sangria, and it sounds like those two things, so can't complain. And uh, the shop is Shop Spectrum Boutique on Instagram, where I'm a little bit more active these days because I'm, you know, trying to create some digital boundaries and just post some dildos and dog pics, you know? I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Well, Zoe, thank you so much. Congratulations on the book. I know it's going to be a huge success, and we should keep in contact. Um, but it's been really Thanks. great getting inside your head a little bit about it. And thanks for being sex positive. Yeah, and great questions from you, listeners. Thanks so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, it's your buddy Steve V here. Well, 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of our control. But there's one thing we can control, and that's shaving our bush. Well, our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind us to do so. Well, if you're like me, you've been outside so much, getting as much sunshine as you can. We all know fall is coming around. I've been on my bike riding around the city so much, doing outdoor workouts, having outdoor drinks with friends. And as I'm going from place to place, I know that my balls need a little refreshing here and there. And that's why I have the Crop Reviver by Manscaped. A testy toner that's like having cologne. Well, it's designed for our balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. On their website, you can also find the Crop Preserver. This is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. I love using this product the minute I get out of the shower. It helps tame that summer swamped ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. We all know about the lawnmower that I've talked about to keep it clean and that bush trimmed. 
The Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and comes with an LED light, so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. Well, all I can say is it's worth checking out all these great products on manscaped.com. Listeners of Tags get 20% off plus free shipping when you use our code TAGS, T-A-G-S. Just go to manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code TAGS, T-A-G-S. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Here's a reminder for you. Check out our brand new live podcast. It's called Tags Live every Wednesday night from 9 to 10 Eastern Standard Time on the Get Vocal application. It's an interactive show alongside my co-host, Cody Maurice Doggett. We have a lot of fun. We have a four-part series on vulnerable voices as well as special guests. And this is the show where we can communicate with you answering your questions, telling your stories. It's a lot of fun. Every Wednesday night, Get Vocal at getvocalvokl.com forward slash channel forward slash tags live. How are you? Co-host, y'all, Cody Maurice Doggett. Let me change his title as I, my sister told me, my producer, to change the title. <laughs> And I'm doing thank that. Thank you, Vivian. Yes, thank you, Vivian Mead. <laughs> Let me find your name. Here we go. Coast Cody Maurice Daggett. We've got some hot topics to get into, and I know you, I sent them over to you earlier. You sure did. I was like, homework? Oh, my goodness. I know. Go. I know. Let's start with the first one, though. This one okay. really struck me and I was really kind of excited about it in a lot of different ways and I know a lot of people might not feel it but I don't really care these days because I'm mm -hmm. trying to really expand as you can tell with our guest today Zoe and and I feel like our differences are more similar than they're not when it comes to LGBTQ or the heterosexual community and the more we can bridge that gap the better and this story comes it's entitled by straight-up gay porn, Luke Hudson topped Raw by Elliot Finn in Nextdoor. Nextdoor is a, a studio-driven porn company. So Nextdoor's first scene featuring a trans man performer. And before the sex, Elliot announced that in his first time fucking a trans performer, and it's the first time Nextdoor has cast a trans male in one of their scenes, and it's something he's never tried that will be fun, sexy, and amazing. As you recall, Hudson was the first trans male performer to appear on Men.com last year for his next door debut. Today, the studio says that horny Luke Hudson begs Elliot Finn to F his tight pussy, <laughs> and they list the trailer. Um, you know, the, the scenes that they showed and the link that I sent you are very graphic, and but hot, I thought. And I don't know, I applauded it in a lot of ways because I thought, you know, we really need, there's our, our sexual spectrum, in my viewpoint, is 
becoming, elite, I don't know if it's something in my late 40s, the pandemic, but I've opened my mind up so much more and getting out of the box. I think we've been in this box. I'm looking at my box right now here, my apartment, and I just want to get out. <laughs> get me out. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> but I think I'll fuck anything. No, but <laughs> but beyond that, I think it's really important. No, and in all seriousness, though, you know, we've featured trans community, the bisexual community, and so on and so forth. And I think it's really awesome. I don't know, what were your thoughts when you first saw this? No, I'm all for it. I totally agree with you. Um, first of all, that model is fucking sexy. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I got really turned on watching watching um, the, them have sex. Like you said, it's very, very graphic. So I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> do, do I... Do I want to masturbate right now? I think I do. You know what's so funny about that site? So a a, a guest on our show, Bruce Beckham, I'm looking over at our poster over that I have up on my wall over here. Bruce Beckham, a porn star, a friend of mine who's been on our show, Tags Podcast, a few different times, turned me on to straightupgayporn.com. And I shared it with Jeremy our other co-host, and Jeremy was like, ooh, child, you cannot send that over to me all the time because that makes him horny whenever he looks on the site. And the, the funny <laughs> thing is, the site, the site is simply, simply disseminating information on the latest porn yeah. antics or what's going on. I go to it for hot topics because they do sections on what's going on in the porn industry or who's doing who or look at this or look at that. But what they do on the right side of their website is they do a really good job of latest, greatest stories going on. And I get a lot of our sex topics from that. But I have to be mm. careful because I'll, my eye will go to the left and I'll see somebody pounding somebody over there. And I'm like, like you, you kind of makes you horny and you're like, wait a minute, what, what happened? I had to refocus because I was like, oh, I got homework to do. And like you said, it was the first story that you sent me. And I was like, oh, I, got, I can't right now. I need you to can't. Up first and then. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. Um, like like we were saying though, is I think it's actually like really representative of sex that's actually going on in the real world. So kudos to Next Door Studios for for having this trans moving towards trans inclusivity. So I'm hundred percent agreed. It. Well, moving on to our next hot gay sex topic, it comes from Instinct Magazine. They pose the question: Is telemedicine telemedicine the key to raising prep accessibility. So they write in this story, there's still more work to do with prep education and accessibility. Using simple and convenient telemedicine services may be the way to do it. Last month, what did you know this, Cody? Last month was the eight year anniversary of the US Food and Drug Administration approval of prep. I didn't know that. I did not know that, mm-hmm. no. This was a major moment in health and the fight against HIV and AIDS. If taken consistently, as we all know correctly, or as many of us know, PrEP can lower the risk of HIV infection by 99%. Since then, yeah. we've seen other milestones like the approval of Discovy, also by Gilead, which produces PrEP as well. Despite these achievements, researchers and healthcare providers are still looking into how to make PrEP more accessible to gay men. And with many young gay men avoiding healthcare because of discrimination, I would also mm-hmm. add, during because of the pandemic, from 
providers or lack of accessibility, we need a way to protect them. Thankfully, that's where telemedicine and companies like this company, Mr. M-I-S-T-R, are stepping in. And it was launched, Mr. in 2018. It's a telemedicine platform dedicated to increasing access, uh, sorry, increasing access to PrEP and SDI testing. So I think it's a really good thing that they're doing oh. that. Um, wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. I think it's amazing. I'm a huge advocate of PrEP. Um, I think it's great that in, in helping to slow the spread of HIV, you know, until there's a cure, um, and anything that makes PrEP more accessible to everybody is, is definitely a good thing. I was kind of struck by, like, people not wanting to tell their doctors about um, their sexual practices before. That, that kind of was like, uh, I was like, that just had me my red flag book. I was like, er, like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> you do that so well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing, but I've been practicing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could do it. <laughs> Yeah, you do it too. You do it real well. I can do it. I'm an actor. But listen, no, but in all seriousness, um, I also think, you know, this story kind of came out, this study about that. I think this mister, and they might be good to talk to about being a sponsor here at Tags because I think with so many people out of work and our gay community, you know, health insurance is not always a given here in the states whether you th think it is or it isn't it really is not yeah. and it's somewhat of a luxury you know in, in a lot of circles and that's really one of the ways that you can get on prep and i know in certain major cities you can go to Callum, Callum Lord, like here in New York City, and get it on it for free. But not everybody has access to that. So I think something mm -hmm. like Mr. M-I-S-T-R is a good thing because at this point in the game, in 2020, as we're moving forward, nobody, nobody should be getting HIV or AIDS. We, there's, there's a way that we can protect ourselves against it. And it would be a shame if, you know, obviously if somebody gets it, it's not what it used to be, like a death sentence anymore. But mm -hmm. what we know now and what medicine knows now, there are resources. But I do understand, and one of the other stories I, was, I sent over to you is that not everybody is feeling comfortable, a new study, uh, and that feels comfortable talking to their doctors about their yes. sexuality. Um, I would argue, like in my case, I happened to, there was a doctor that I had who was straight, and I got him at a mm -hmm. company, because I worked for a company, and I asked the guy next to me in the cubicle next, not even the cubicle, just the guy sitting next to me, who was straight, and I said, well, who should I put down? Because you had to put somebody down when you first got hired, and he said, well, I use this guy, Dr. Champagne, and I thought, I drink champagne. That sounds good for me, I'll go to him. <laughs> and Dr. Champagne lived up to champagne. He was handsome, he was a tall glass of champagne, straight, but he was very, and I would argue that it's New York City and, and I would, so many doctors, I would imagine in New York, a city or major cities around the country are liberal and open-minded. Well, he left the practice and Dr. Raman, my current doctor, is awesome. And when it came time for prep, because I was a little late to the game, I brought it up to mm -hmm. him 
And he said, oh, so many of my clients or patients are on PrEP. And he had, he always checks in with me on it. He's totally a, a family man, a straight, a family heterosexual man, I should probably mm -hmm. clarify. And we, I don't like to spend too much time in the doctor's office. I'm pretty much like, I come prepared with my notes and it's like, uh, 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 uh. But, and yeah. we, so him and I work really well. I'm in and I'm out, not that way, but in a good way. And yeah, I like having the straight doctor. I don't know, what, do you, what has been your experience with your general practitioner, Cody Maurice Dargett? So, um, the, actually the, the article that you sent me, the study was taken here in New York. So a lot of the people, a lot of the gay, younger gay men here, they are having problems um, telling their their sexual uh, things that they do sexually to their doctor. Which is surprising, um, me, right? That's totally surprising. I, but however, I, when I first moved to New York, I went to a doctor, general practitioner in, um, in Brooklyn. And I have to say I was a little bit uncomfortable. And um, so, but I did the research and I asked a friend of mine who was also gay, who he went to. And I found my, the, doc, the general practitioner that I have now. And he's, uh, my general practitioner is, is gay. Okay. So I feel comfortable telling him anything, basically. And I feel like sometimes he wants to tell me things, too. And I'm like, tell me about it, girl. Let's get the tea out. <laughs> well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no. So he's he's actually really, really cool. And But I would say to people out there, like, um, do your research. Ask ask your, your peers. Ask older gay, older gay men like myself. <laughs> okay. Oh, please. <laughs> and also there's um, Lighthouse dot lgbt where you can go and you can actually look for um medical professionals and they they have gay, um, say that again so we happen. can say it again Light, lighthouse dot lgbt um they have health professionals they have um i was on there looking for a um a psychiatrist not a psychiatrist a, a, therapist you know therapist thank you yes Oh, and yeah. list that and send that to me and we'll put it on our show notes for tomorrow okay. on tagspodcast.com because I think that's really important to give people a resource like that. Too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, all right. Well, we've got just about enough time to play a game here. What are we calling it, Cody? Ooh. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. But I don't know what you're calling it. It's like list the... I'm going to list... We're going to go back and forth, and I'm going to list you lyrics, and if you, you need to get it correct, who the artist was, right? Or name the song? Okay, yeah, uh-huh. Did I, I get that right? Na name that tune. Yeah, we could do it like that. Oh, is that how you, we were supposed to do it, or what? I don't... <laughs> well, I'll, why don't I do it on my end to you, since I'm prepared, and if, if there's time, I'll list some lyrics, and you got to name the song. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, first one, it's a refrain. And I chose some sexy ones so that work Ooh. with our show. If I'm in charge and I treat you like a child, will you let yourself go wild? Let my mouth go where it wants to? Okay. Name that oh song. Oh my goodness. <laughs> let me repeat it because it was all too fun to say. If I'm in, oh, wow. if I'm in charge, and I treat you like a child. Will you let yourself go wild? Let my mouth go where it wants to? 
I have no idea oh, what come song that on. is. People out there, put it out. Who's ever watching better chime in. Oh, come on. I cannot believe that I don't know. And I feel like I should know. And I have not a clue. It's Tell by one it of is. our great, iconic artists, gay activist artists of all time. I'm a huge fan. Okay. It's a Madonna song? Yes. <laughs> so, one, one, of the, one of the, I don't know, like, Erotica. Erotica. If I'm in I, charge and I treat you like a child, will you let yourself go wild? Let my mouth go where it wants to? Erotica, you know people. See, that's, that is not fair. That is so fair. <laughs> All right. Ready for number two? I, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I swear I won't tease you, won't tell you no lies. I don't need no Bible, just look in my eyes. I've waited so long, baby, now that we're friends. Every man's got his patience, and here's where mine ends. Uh-oh. I should know this. I feel like I know this one. Okay. I swear one more time, I, one more time. I swear I won't tease you, won't tell you no lies. Okay. I don't That's need George no. Michael. Yes, I don't need no Bible. Just look. I can't even sing. Just look in my eyes. It's beautiful. It's um. Uh, I've waited so long. Yes. Okay. Ding 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 ding. The tune is what did it for me. I was like, I know the words, but uh, I had. Uh, I needed the music too. All right, and we have time it. for one. This was your game, by the way. I'm not sure if we're playing it correctly, know, right? but do you I, like this I, version? I, <laughs> and my last, <laughs> my last sexy, dirty song is for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. You got to talk dirty, baby, if you want to impress me. You can't be too flirty, mama. I know how to undress me. I want to be your fantasy. Maybe you could be mine. Just leave it all up to me. We could have a good time. Ooh. What? What? I don't. I don't know that one either. He's no longer I, with I us. He's no longer okay. with us. You gotta. Okay. You, you gotta talk dirty, baby, if you wanna impress me. You can't. You can't be too flirty, mama. I know how to undress me. I wanna be your fantasy. Maybe you could be mine. Just leave it all up to me. We could have a good time. Go ahead and tell me. I can't. I can't get it. Kiss. Prince. What? It's a. It's Prince. Uh, uh, kiss. Yes. Oh my goodness. How am I so bad? Okay. All right. I wanted to get at least one. <laughs> this is. It's okay. That was fun, though. <laughs> next next week, I should... Bobby Duran, by I the way, Bobby Duran got Madonna. Yes. Good, Bobby. <laughs> Thank you for playing, Bobby. This has been so much fun, though, and breaking down... Boy, we had a great week, Cody, with our Tags yes, Live show. Yes, we did. And what we're telling everybody is if you have a story or a question that you want us to kind of weigh in on... Um, bring it, send it to us. You can go to tagspodcast.com and send it or on our Instagram. Everything is at tagspodcast. And we'll discuss it on our brand new live show called Tags Live every Wednesday 
from 9 to 10 on the Get Vocal platform, but we do stream it off to our Facebook and YouTube channel. So with that, thank you so much, Cody. This has been a lot of thank fun. Thank you, my always. love. Yes, always. Hopefully we'll go drinking at the Eagle for our first outing out and about, and maybe we can have some <laughs> stories to tell the people next week. I can't wait. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Bro. Okay, bye. bye. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Thanks everybody for playing. Uh, thank you to my guest, Zoe Ligon, uh, and for her brand new book. Thank you, Cody, and we will see you soon. Be safe, we all.